Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. We've all heard about keeping up with the Joneses, right? Your neighbor gets a new lawnmower, so you do too. They get a new car, so you do too. They go out and put together a series of movies that combines characters and plot lines like no one has ever in the history of cinema while also grossing all the money. So, of course, you go out and get another car. One with some spinners from Walmart. This time, we're matching up one of our binkies and quite possibly our favorite punching bag and a little something we're going to call When Cinematic Universes Collide, Marvel VDC. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who was actually the first choice to play a starring role in the first Aquaman movie, but lost out to Amber Heard when he couldn't quite squeeze into the costume. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and can talk to fish just as long as they're speaking Esperanto. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right, all things considered. I'm, as they as they would say, I'm pretty good for the shape I'm in. That's good. That's you know, good. and how about yourself, sir? How is how is life treating the man they call Tim? Doing very well. Of course, because you live that first class lifestyle. <laughs> Clean living and flying first class everywhere you go. I like how you don't hold back on that front. No, no, not at all. Even even when you're taking the train back from from Chicago back to your palatial estate, you're, you know, because you like to travel with the common people. You're still traveling first class with the finest people, um, you know, those Cubby fans who are who are just so happy about a win or commiserating oh about a loss and yeah. just about ready to vomit on you. That was yeah, that was a great story. And 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 I here I am thinking to myself now, why why? Wouldn't Tim have hired a car? Why would he have not hired a private vehicle to take him back to his palatial estate and and not have to deal with the rabble? On, and then I realized, oh, wait, he was traveling with his family. So, of course, I've got to keep down expenses. <laughs> the only first class wins me. My goodness. I uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, you should know better than to give me ammunition before we go on the air. <laughs> well... You know, uh, when 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 you travel with the common people, sometimes uh, there's there's a little bit of, of rabble rousing you have to deal with here, there, and everywhere. And uh, you know, over the weekend, um, my wife and I had to experience a little bit of that. But you know, it's okay. Afterwards, I had a nice New York strip, had uh, a couple bourbons. Of course, and- of course, there's a steak involved. <laughs> of course, there's a steak. My God. <laughs> So it's so easy. I could have predicted this A little blueberry and then, cheesecake to you know just make me feel a little bit better about life. You know, it's all good. I had a bad time on the train, and then there was steak. Like, yes, of course there was steak. <laughs> Jeez, had some deviled eggs, Brussels sprouts. It was wonderful. Oh my gosh, and your cholesterol is hovering around seventeen fifty right now. <laughs> 
Not on my diet. That's <laughs> all good you, on my diet. How is your? I think you're. I think you're cheating on your diet. There's no way you can eat the sheer amount of red meat that you do, along with deviled eggs and the cheesecake and all this, and just say, "Well, I'm not eating the carbs, so therefore my, right. you know, the fact that my, the fact that my blood type now is cream cheese <laughs> has no effect on my life whatsoever. I don't. I, I don't get with who is your doctor exactly. No, no, no. Okay, so the one is thing that it's, doctor is that your doctor the one thing that's not on the diet is the cheesecake that is the bad everything else is on it so the <laughs> eggs protein the meat the protein uh the brussels sprouts the veggies are are all good there uh deviled eggs and and all that's encompassed in that that is all uh all good so uh yes sir I am I am ninety five percent following the diet with a little bit of five percent of uh, and you know a little bit of blueberry cheesecake there, little little blueberry cheesecake naughtiness. Which you know what I, I can appreciate that you go on with your bad self. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh my goodness! But uh, yeah, now that we've sidetracked completely and are off into whatever wilds that we are into at this point, Brand yes, oil. we are going to break down uh, Marvel versus DC because. As we all found out at the beginning of August, much like the Cylons, DC has a plan. Are you alive? We're oh, going to get do. into what that plan is uh, in order to try and make some sort of a Herculean comeback against uh, it, actually a Buffalo Bills-esque comeback against the Houston Oilers back mm. in the day. A Frank Reich special, if you will, uh, and try and somehow... Uh, I, I'm going to say, you know, salvage their pride. But as we all know, D.C. amputated that a long time ago. They're just going to try and make some more money. That's what they're really going to do. However, before we do that, we have to get into a little something called The Week in Geek. The Week in Geek. I feel so funky. What do you got for us this time, sir? Uh, well, before we get into the meat of it, uh, I just figured I would share a little, uh, little geeky footnote from, from my, uh, from my life, the man they call Tim's uh, journeys, his voyages, uh, oh, no, across, it's, it's, uh hang on, this, hang on a second, hang on. Are you, are you really going to share this? Yes, I am. Because I mean, as your friend, I'm just saying like, I, I, this could, are you really sure that you want to share this? I think so. I think it will, uh, get some good laughs, some guffaws okay. from you. Okay. Hit me with it. So uh, I basically going back a couple months uh, when we went as a family to D.C. and and I I partook in the wonder that is the electric scooter revolution uh, that uh, it's like many large cities uh, supports. Uh, I came back and had the thought, you know, I sometimes commute downtown uh, to downtown Chicago and thought, what would it look like if I were to, uh, you know, get my own electric scooter? Uh, basically I live about a mile from a train station. Uh, so it would be a, a very doable ride on that there. Um, they, they do allow this on the train. You're able to, you know, stow it away in a, in a public area with bicycles and other things. And so I just thought, Hey, uh, let's try this. And then I can take the scooter from the train station to my office. And now so I'm surprised that the trains around Chicago, if they let the Countess White Claw on there with her beverage, <laughs> I'm surprised they don't let you just ride up and down the center, the center aisle, popping wheelie. Hey, hey! 
Uh, no, I think this conductor would shut that down real quick. The white claw, not so much. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I I went off and uh, did some research, and after much, uh, I I had a particular model I was looking at, and then the Amazon price shot through the roof, and I'm like, well, forget about it. I'm not going to get it. And then I happened, uh, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, I happened upon a, a fantastic sale happening on Amazon for a GoTrax G4. And uh, I went and uh, threw, threw, threw down the money for it and now am the proud owner of one. Uh, and uh, But if you ask me, uh, man, they call Tim, how has that commute been? How has it improved? I will have to say that uh, apparently on the the trial voyage that I took from home to the train station, um, either I made a, a faux pas or or maybe there was just an issue in general. But uh, right now, man, they call Tim is is uh, on on the D or his scooter is on the DL right now with a flat rear tire uh, because when I went on my my test run, uh, which by the way seven minutes uh, from home to the train, so it's beautiful, just just right. Uh, I decided as I was going to the train station that I'm just going to ride over the uh, tracks as, uh, you know, the, the street portion that the tracks run along. And uh, when I did that, I kind of, you know, there's a obvious bouncing as you go over that and uh, things were fine. And then I turned around and kind of uh, walked it uh, back across the tracks and then started back on home to time out what that would look like, you know, again, assuming it would be the seven minutes and uh, a little bit into that journey back, all of a sudden I feel from the back, it starts vibrating and just something's not right. And I get off and I check it and my rear tire is completely flat. And so I don't know if I didn't check the inflated, the the inflation level, which apparently (laughs) I read this after the fact, of course, that you really should check your inflation levels every day and make sure those tires are pumped up to the fullest. So, um, I am now uh, about to uh, perform some surgery on the scooter, uh, popping the rear tire off, getting the tube out, and uh, doing a either a patch job or some sort of tube replacement uh, to get once again back on the road and actually uh, execute this plan for real. So that is just a little bit of, of geekiness on my part, uh, trying to... You know, do a little bit to, to not have to drive the car to the uh, train station, uh, you know, sa- save save the uh, environment a little bit, go electric a little bit here, and uh, just completely blew up in my face. On At least it was on a test run. At least I had the wherewithal to do a test run. So that that is just a little bit, a uh, little slice from, from the man they call Tim's life. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that, that the man they call Tim is a grown ass man who has a wife, a very very understanding wife, a, a wife who saint quite honestly should should be given sainthood early, <laughs> immediately in fact, and two and two wonderful wonderful children. Thank you. And and this grown ass man is is riding a scooter. <laughs> now, I am. I'm wearing a bike helmet too. Now, <laughs> I just want to pause for a moment and let all that sink in. <laughs> this man's got a good job, too. I mean, don't get me. I mean, we, we, we say we're idiots. That is like 90% me and 10% Tim. Like, mm-hmm. Tim is a, is, a, is a bright fellow, 
with a with a great career, uh, you know, accolades and a resume that that basically you know puts mine in 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 oh, you come know, on deep now, shadow. Sir. Come on now, sir. And this grown ass man things. is riding a scooter. That's right. Because apparently he didn't, and and th- and then uh, see, here's the thing: you're, Got you're up to bragging miles an hour, by the way. You're you're bragging about you know getting it on sale. I I could have saved you even more money. Yes, sir. All you need is a couple clothespins and some and some baseball <laughs> cards. You put them in the back spokes of your bike and go vroom 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 <laughs> as you're going back and forth at the train station. You already have a bike. I know, but I don't want to bring it on the train. I'm gonna. And are you planning on riding this this winter? Uh, I I'm not. That's the sad part. Is probably by the time I get this rear tire debacle settled, it's probably going to get too cold and it will start snowing soon. So, what you don't have any you don't have any studded tires for that bad boy? I uh, no. That's uh, that's for next Christmas. Maybe a plow on the front. You know, that's a great little, idea though. Ooh. Make a little extra cash for yourself. You know. <laughs> Although I got to tell you, it was really funny. There there is a hill, uh, a slight hill that I have to go up as part of this trip. And when I went up the hill, so I, I'm basically wearing my backpack with my laptop. <laughs> you just you see the battery indicator going down. Well, very quickly, I go from from 18 miles an hour down to eight miles an hour. <laughs> And I mean, this is not, I mean, it's, it's not, people a steep... are walking past you at this point. <laughs> Basically it's like, kind of like and then... an old lady with a, with a walker who's, who's speeding past you. It's like, What's the matter with the youth of today? Giving you side eye. Yeah. Like, yeah. My generation stormed the beach at Normandy oh, and man. you are on a scooter. That's like grown ass man. <laughs> I sent the I, I sent Uncle Todd a, a, a picture of this and his I think your response was somewhere in the realm of really <laughs> yeah yeah you, you pretty much me? I th- I thought it was a joke I really did and nope. then when I turned out it was real I became incredibly sad <laughs> yes but hey whatever makes you happy I'm not here to yuck your yum. Just to I, say, you're a grown-ass man with a good job. Act like you have some sort of... I will report back uh, on, on the actual maiden voyage when I do this for the first time. I'll let the peoples know uh, how successful it was. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait until we have to reset the, the days out of the hospital because you just got you got clipped well, by a moped. I was That's going to be fantastic. Like, I got into a head-on collision with a Vespa, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, so... You know, once we get over the flat tire thing and we, and, and we get stability in the inflation department, there is the issue of uh, now they have bike lanes downtown. So that's what I was going to be riding in because that's that's where scooters are supposed to go uh, along with bicycles. Uh, but but there is the issue of, of dealing with the the general, uh, you know, Chicago driver. So I, I, I am uh, bracing for impact on that front and we will uh, come back with a report on how that all went. Do you have a helmet? I do have a helmet. Now, please, please at least tell me that you you at least went way over the top and you got like a football helmet with a full face mask and everything. So you can at least no face people, mask. Oh, see, you missed an opportunity. <laughs> missed an opportunity. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. What's up next, sir? Oh, enough about my electric scootering. Uh, well, over the course of, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we were uh, on the air, so to speak. And during that time, we had uh, actually a couple trailers that came out that mm, we'll talk about yes. today. But the first one, 
uh, most importantly, I shouldn't say most importantly, but most interestingly is uh, Mandalorian season three. Remember the Mandalorian? Now he, he did appear in the book of Boba Fett. We did get a, a, a smidgen, a taste of, of uh, the, the Mando, but uh, it's been, I believe December of 2020, I think was when the big uh... Luke Skywalker finale aired. I believe you are correct, sir. So it has been, ladies and gentlemen, this December, it will have been two years. Two it's been a hot, years. Been a hot minute. Since we've had some... Uh, that doesn't sound right. Original Mando content. I can't spell Mandalorian tonight. Uncle Todd always sleuthing it out. Well, anyways, we are going to do as we are want to do on this show. You are correct. As usual, December 18th, 2020. Boom, boom. Season two finale. Bingo. Uh, we are going to watch and in real time comment on the season three teaser trailer for The Mandalorian. And yes, give a little indeed. bit of a so hot take. Go to the show notes. Click on that. Uh, doesn't, doesn't appear there's any ads because, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Star Wars doesn't need the money. It sells itself. Pretty much. Uh, so we're all at all zeros here and mm-hmm. we're going to press play. So if you'd like to watch along, feel free. And are you ready, sir? I am ready, sir. All right. Counting down in three, two, one, go. Action. Uh, Calling back to season one here. Who would have thought the child in Mando would be the pairing of the 2020s? Uh, uh, Yeah. I never would have called it. It is like the best buddy film that's been around. Absolutely. It is kind of funny when I when she says, but you removed your helmet. Yeah. Shame. That Shame. felt like it was a different reading. Like I felt like that was another another take. Cause I don't remember the tone being the same. Yeah. Yeah. Bo. I really am not liking him having a Naboo Starfighter. Eh, yeah, it is kind of lame. I miss the Razor Crest. I really do. Yeah. Bo-Katan, not a happy camper right now. Where were you then? That shot of all the Mandos airdropping is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The funny thing is I just watched Edge of Tomorrow, and that was like that drop sequence is kind of similar. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, there's that Babu. little Babu Frick. Um, that freaking guy. Yeah, we got to get him a Razor Crest like ship moving forward here. Very nice. Yeah, I there's there is nothing that I dislike about that. No, the one nothing. thing. Well, actually, I, no. There is one minor thing. I am not. I'm not excited to see Babu Frick. I know that you are. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> that little that little freaking thing can go right away. Hey! Oh gosh. It's like, hey, if you thought Jar Jar was bad, look at this. Oh jeez. So Anyways. one thing I'm a little disappointed by. Yes, what? One thing. We didn't get a peak. Stevie didn't get a peak. Or uh-huh. our Star Wars debut of Marty Christopher Lloyd. 
Well, they got to save something. I mean, I know, but come on now. I wanted to see a little bit of uh, Doc Brown and all of his wild eyed Reverend Jim craziness. I I feel he's got one. He's he's got one more home run left in him. You know what I mean? (laughs) What (laughs) does 1.21 yellow Oh <laughs> One of the gosh. funniest bits in TV history was that. Yep. Oh, that's yep. so good. Yeah. Uh, taxi reference for anyone who's wondering. It was approximately a thousand years ago. So go back and, you know, look in the Dead Sea Scrolls and you'll find it. But it looks like we're going to Mandalore, ladies and gentlemen. And oh, uh, yeah. as as we saw in Book of Boba, he uh, has to make amends for the shameful display of showing his face, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that is the... It the is sect that he's part of. And so now he's and he also has to deal with the fact that, hey, Bo wants the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can't be as simple as just handing it over. So you've got some you got tension there. You got the all of the I mean, it, there's so much tension they built up over this. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm so excited for all of it. I'm 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 so in on this. I, I couldn't be any more in. Like, We're I've, back I've, the real and, and, and the jabroni for this one. It debuts, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think we have to. I think we have to. Because there's going to be there's gonna be a lot to choose from. Because that's the thing with uh, anyone who's wondering real or jabroni. We haven't done it in a while. Because with a lot of these, <laughs> with a lot of these shows. Where we did like five in a row, I feel. Like. Well, that was part of We burned ourselves and the audience out. Last but December was is, a real and jabroni month, I think. Oh, yeah. It was it was oh, the Christmas gosh. of real and jabroni. Uh, somewhere the the sheik is looking for his royalties, so I've been ducking him ever since. Because, you know, I don't I don't want to be put in the cup, camel clutch, and because you know you know what comes after that. Uh uh-uh. uh, you know, and it's it, it makes you humble, uh, I guess. Uh, but so, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot that could happen with this. This could go in a lot of different mm-hmm. directions, and I like how we we get a lot of glimpses, but we don't get a lot of yes, not yeah. a lot of like setup really, like. Yeah. Or not, not direct setup. There's a lot of pieces put on the board, but I don't feel like they're actually in any kind of shape yet. It's like we just kind of like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff. Like, whoa, cool. I want it now. But yeah, yeah I am so I'm excited for that. I'm I'm so in. I did hear an interesting. Uh, I was listening to the Scruffy Looking Podcasters uh, the other day, and uh-huh. uh, I forget which one of them brought this up. Um, but one thought about that scene when we see the airdrop from above of all the Mandalorians was, mm-hmm. um, uh, is that actually kind of a, a callback to when they uh, rescued him as a kid? Because if you remember. When he was a kid, he was mm, hidden by yeah. his parents. Parents, uh, I believe, were killed. And then there was a whole like army of Mandalorians that were, you know, kind of, you know, that took him in. And that's how he became part of that enclave. So I thought that was kind of interesting that it could be like more of a callback than because because when the air drop in, there seems to be a lot of life and activity wherever they're dropping into. And Mandalore does mm-hmm. not strike me as a, or should not really be a very living sort of thing. You know, it's, it's gone through a, a, uh, as, as I think, as we saw in, in, I think it was in, was it the Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett where we saw the, the attack on Mandalore? I think it was in, I think it was Mandalorian. Okay. But, yeah, but we I, saw I, the attack or at least, yeah. you know, some part of the attack on, on Mandalore that really ended up wiping them out. And so, so anyway, so I thought that was kind of interesting. So to your point, you know, we may not have really been seen or shown that much because of the mm. fact that, uh, you know, some of it may be kind of callbacks to the past. So I thought that was interesting. 
No, no, I'm loving it. I am loving it. All and right. More, more Bo-Katan is, is Mo happy for me. And I love the line where she's like, you thought he was the only Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Poor you know, Grogu. He's learning so much so quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. It's good <sighs> stuff. Yeah. Katie well, Sackhoff is not in a mood to... Uh, to spare his feelings. No, so, not at all. Starbuck, she does not uh, mince she words. She don't pull punches. No, does no. not mince words. All right. Uh, our next item is another trailer, which we will do the old live commentary to. Uh, and this one uh, came by way of Uncle Todd this morning. Uh, with Dropping with a simple, today. With a simple four-letter uh, text, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I I saw it pop up on on the YouTube's no no warning and oh. just they decided you know what today we're dropping the Wakanda Forever trailer, boom. I, I just okay. I wonder how much Ron Simmons charges to have him come on and do that. <laughs> you know what, Ron can come on the show any old time. <laughs> I don't care. Oh man, I, oh. no fee is too high. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Damn. We'll send we'll send Patrick uh you know to 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 pull some funds out. Yeah. No, I don't actually that might not be a good idea. Even even as even as uh, up there in years as Ron's getting, he'll probably still try and throw a shoulder tackle at Patrick. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Ron doesn't st- strike me as one who suffers fools gladly. You know no. what I mean? Although I figure Patrick will probably take the funds and stop at a local McDonald's and have himself a feast. So probably. I mean, we don't have that much funds anyway, so <sighs> no, we don't. wouldn't take much to no, we don't. <laughs> to get those out the door. But yeah, Wakanda Forever uh, trailer dropped today uh, as we're recording this August 3rd, Monday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, right now it has this. And this was this morning. As of right now at 8.19 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it has 7.3 million views. Jeez. And that's got to be in just under 12 hours. People are just a little excited for this. Yeah, almost five hundred and fifty thousand likes on this sucker, and the only th- mm-hmm. only thing that's surprising is that there aren't more. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. or they're just like me, and I forget to. I always just sit there and drool over stuff and forget to like it because it's just not. I just did, you know. So I threw them a like. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Good but man. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's do the watchy watch on this and uh, just kind of geek out over this sorry do you have it loaded up sir uh, i do all right as as again it's in the uh show notes we're at the triple zeros and here we go in three two one go hit and play oh the mask right out front gosh i didn't i didn't intend to cry today but okay. so much for the few the the oh this is in the past because of the snap nope i don't think so no I mean, they're giving that to you right out front. Although, who's this dude? Oh, okay. That's the name more. Okay, got it. Yeah. The ears threw me. I was like, Spock? Gosh, that's a great Chadwick Boseman friggin' that is. mural. That is. I'm curious the story of the Submariners, though. Yeah. And this whole thing with the helipad and the army and stuff, like, I'm I'm curious what that's all about. Yeah. I found this interesting, what he says. The Kulku Khan, the feather serpent god. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if uh, 
whatever people that Namor's leading, how they kind of fit into the whole MCU and where have oh. they been? Yeah, we may have a clue. It's kind of crazy how they like jump through the air like that. I don't know what to make of that. That looks like Iron Man-ish. No, that's oh, that, that Iron, Iron Heart? Heart, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Nice. Nice. <sighs> and boom. And there is a new Black Panther, ladies and gentlemen, or, or the next Black Panther, should we say. Oh, phenomenal. Get Good. tickets now. Sweet Darn mama. Oh, all the feels. Yeah. So my, uh, my daughter. <laughs> oh, dude. My daughter came to me, uh, came back from school, came home from school today. And I was, uh, you know, doing painting because that's all I do in my life now is I'm, I'm painting <laughs> windows and trim and walls. That's, that is my life when oh, I'm not boy. here at, at HQ. And uh, she was so excited because she'd seen this. And she says, we're getting Riri. She is so pumped for yeah. Riri Williams, yeah. uh, a.k.a. Ironheart. And I got to say, I am, too. Like, mm -hmm. I am excited. I, I am so excited. The fact that, you know, we're getting like two of the smartest individuals in the in the in the Marvel universe mm -hmm. uh, in this movie in uh, in Shuri and Riri. And oh, man. Yeah. That Iron Man suit. Or Iron Heart suit, excuse me, Iron Man like suit mm. looks badass. Yeah, just looks badass. It kind of makes me wonder what if the origin is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I would imagine it would be because originally, I guess, in the comics, Riri is an MIT student, very young entry to MIT, much like Tony Stark. Like it's very parallel to Tony Stark, like mm. going to MIT early and builds her own Iron Man armor in her dorm room at MIT. Oh wow! And of course, that's tony stark's alma mater so the whole thing and then he she ends up meeting tony stark and then his her, the ai for her suit is tony stark's mm. voice so obviously we're not going to follow that path here so i wonder if maybe somewhat of this is is going to intersect more directly with uh with wakanda or are we just you know kind of parallel and then there's an, an eventual team up i don't know that's that'll be very interesting but i am super excited um, oh yeah yeah. For that. I think that's going to be awesome. Yep. But yeah, the whole thing is just look, it looks fantastic. I can't wait to see how they, you know, they say goodbye. Well, I mean, I say that I can't, I, I can't wait to see how they treat the, the, the tying up of the T'Challa character. Yeah. yeah. I'm not anxious for it because I mean, who is really, uh, yep. but it's it'll be i think it'll be done very well if it's anything like uh ryan coogler has done or has been even vaguely associated with oh yeah so I'm, i've got some confidence in that but yeah oh it looks this just looks freaking awesome dude oh, oh my goodness it and and you know what's interesting too is the um you know like i was saying just you know i'm curious what the backstory of of namor and and his people is going to be because you know, like, like anything else, when you start to introduce these like villains or, or these, these, these antagonists, you know, there's been so much that has gone on, you know, in, in the MCU 
up to this point. So, you know, the, the natural question is, well, well, where have they been all this time? You know what I mean? Mm. Like why now? And so I'm curious how, how they kind of, you know, speak to that. And, uh, um, you know, the, yeah. So, so the, the intro, like what was interesting was when we watched it just now, I think there was like a real like split second shot of Riri in, in that Iron Man, Mm -hmm. you know, that shot they would always do of Tony in, in the helmet. Yeah. And it was very quick, but I happened to catch it this time around as opposed to before. And so, yeah, no, I, I think this is really interesting. Um, you know, it was interesting to read too, like, you know, some fan opinion about whether they, they should be continuing with Black Panther or not. And what's kind of, what I find kind of interesting with it is, you know, unlike, you know, with, with other superheroes, um, from, from this universe is that there is kind of a natural, you know, like with Black Panther, there is a transition, you know, of, of, of this mantle that is, Mm. that is actually, Mm -hmm. you know, been set in precedent. You know, it's not like this is a new thing to hand it off to someone else. I think the fact that it's, you know, rumored to be, and most likely is going to be Shiri, you know, may, um, be cause for, for there to be some shifting in whatever that process is. But, you know, as we saw in the first Black Panther, or I think it was even in Civil War, that it, it is a mantle that gets passed from one generation to the next. And so, yeah, um, yeah. you know, so I, I I don't really have an issue with with the fact they're doing this. I think, you know, if anything, you know, all the principles involved are going to want to do right by, you know, the character of T'Challa and, and uh, you know, to honor, you know, Chadwick Boseman as best they can you know, and then, and then move, move the story and the character forward. And so, yeah, no, I, I think this looks, this looks to be a phenomenal movie. Um, interestingly enough, you know, we just talked about real and jabroni. I, and I don't know what your thoughts are, but I don't really know or see that there's a lot, you know, kind of similar to Thor and, and maybe the last couple, you know, phase four outings. Like, I just don't feel like we're in that zone for a lot of rumors. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not no. that there isn't anything interesting that's going to happen in this movie, but it's like, I don't know that there's anything rumor worthy that I, you know, me personally really wants to explore or get into, you know, it just feels like, let's just see what the story is. It may just be a self-contained thing about this evolution and transition into, you know, Shuri being the Black Panther and, and let it be that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it's, I think that the the cottage industry that has kind of grown up around the MCU in terms of like picking through all this stuff and reporting what's going on and really giving a of you know the the bird's eye and also the worm's eye view of everything that's going on has sucked a little bit of the the rumor mill out but I think also because a lot of these stories are a little bit more straight ahead. Yeah. And um yeah. And yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like I I as much as I love to monger a good rumor, I also just I just love to go in and see be uh, kind of surprised by stuff. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, I think it's in, it's interesting that you mention you know where have they been so far? Apparently, uh, Submariner was supposed to make a, a somewhat of an appearance at the end of the begin at the end of the last Black Pan the first Black Panther movie. Ah, and it was going to be a post credit scene where there was these watery footsteps leading up to the throne in Wakanda. Oh, interesting. And that was supposed to be, you know, setting up Submariner, but it was not to be. Oh, well. Yeah. All in. We only have uh, just over a month to wait on that one. Although it's kind of odd that they don't have the rating for it yet. That's a, mm. That to me says that they must have just kind of finished up uh, work on this thing not that long ago. Because, yeah. I mean, 
30, you know, well, 30, what, 37 days till release and we don't have a rating kind of seems a little, a little odd. Usually that's like, uh, you know, stuff when you get a trailer like three months before, not so much like a month before. Yeah. I might just be wrong on that. Interesting. Oh, well. Well, we opened uh, The Week in Geek with a personal story from the man they called Tim. We're going to close The Week in Geek with a personal story from Uncle Todd. Uh, what, sir, is your journey, your voyage, if you will, into the realm of geekiness, sir? Well, it's more just the the misery of moving. And um, <laughs> we, we managed to move into our new house, got, you know, a few things unpacked, and we've been gradually kind of putting things away. But still in the midst of a, a, a freaking list of to-do projects that I, I just have not seen the end of yet. So I've been trying to find little bits of bits and pieces of comfort along the way. You know, we, we got our living room set up, kind of got everything so that we can relax a little bit and have, uh, you know, our bedroom is set up. So we kind of have a couple of areas that we can go to where there's not boxes everywhere. Now there's boxes in every other damn room, but you know at least we've got those two areas. And I'm you know then over this past weekend, I finally managed to get the bathroom into a somewhat stable state, which was kind of nice to not to be not have to move 18 things in order to find your toothbrush. Uh, that was aggravating. Yeah. However, uh, in setting up my my uh, audio visual entertainment items, got the DVD player set up, DVD Blu-ray, whatever you want to call it, and the TV set up. Got my Apple TV set up, went looking for remotes, found the, the, the TV remote, the Blu-ray remote. Where the hell is the Apple TV remote? Oh, dear. Couldn't find it. Could not find it to the point where the man they called Tim uh, texted me the other day and says, hey, have you watched any of Andor? I'm like, no, I haven't actually because I can't find my Apple TV remote and I'm kind of pissed about the whole thing. And as he said, I could tell the tone that you would have said this in if we were actually talking on the phone. I'm like, yes, and you're correct. Um, <laughs> and b- mostly because I was mad at myself because, uh, of course, the Apple TV remote is like the smallest of all remotes. It's a pygmy remote, if you will, uh, a teacup remote uh, of sorts where it, and, and like totally and utterly like just. It's like the stealth remote. Like if, 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 if you don't know where it is, you're not going to find it because it doesn't stand out at all. It's, you know, it's, it's sleek. It's, it's like all, it's almost like coated in radar absorbing material and <laughs> Teflon. <laughs> and so you can't find the damn thing. So then I'm digging through all these boxes and knowing that there's, there is, unless I stumble across it, there's almost no chance of me f- just stumbling across this thing because it's, it's, if it's, hidden in a box somewhere it'll be impossible to find because it's approximately an inch and a quarter in diameter it's like one of those old freaking you know the the little ipod nanos one of those things (sighs) so was upset about that finally tracked it down and and this goes the credit for this completely goes to my wife who uh, as i've said many times much smarter than i am and she suggested where it was uh finally went down to our cellar where I'd had furniture stored up, open this one drawer, boom, there it is. Go upstairs, all is right in the world. And all of this is to say that why in the hell do we have to make Apple remotes this friggin' small? And why is it that they're coated in, in like something that's even like more slippery than Teflon? Like, why mm. is that a thing? Why is it that when I go to pick up my Apple TV remote, I damn near fling it across the room? If you if you have any kind of moisture on your hands, 
Did, like you just pick it up, it's like, jeez, oh, where the hell did it go? And meanwhile, the cat's going, and you go, oh, sorry. Does sorry, it, Fluffy. Does it defy physics? Is that that one of those it things? It's like a perpetual like motion machine sort of thing. Like you know when uh you when when the uh when the Nintendo Wii came out and people they had to get the little wrist straps for the thing because people would be playing with it and they the the remotes would fly out of their hands. Ah yes. They ought to have one of those for the Apple TV remote. They ought to have a little wrist lanyard so that you don't go because I the number of times I've I have I've gone to pick it up. I'm not in a hurry. I'm reaching down nice and easy and I go to pick it up and the thing slides out of my hand and it seems to accelerate from zero to the speed of sound within a quarter <laughs> second and is across the room. I'm like, the hell? You know, I mean, oh my God. And then you got to go find the thing, which if, if there's, you know, if you're just getting ready to watch a movie, you know, you've got lights down a little bit. Now you got to turn all the lights on because you got to find the stupid thing. Oh my gosh. And then you know how much it is to replace one of these things? How much? $85. Oh boy. For, for the smallest of all uh, device remotes. $55. Jeez. For the privilege of having something that just flies out of your hand and just bounces around the room like it's made out of flubber or something. Anyways, wow. I found my Apple TV remote. So you Cheers. Found it. I, I I did. I done did. You watch Andor? I haven't. My daughter is in like all honors classes, so she's been watching. Uh, she's been doing homework, and so I have not managed to watch any of it. I think I'm going to oh. stay up late one of these nights and like watch all of it and just not tell her, and then I'll rewatch it with her and act surprised. That's my plan right now because I didn't I, see that coming. That droid I'm, coming I, around the corner. <laughs> I am dying to watch that, and I I've know. I've got like. As of uh, as of right now, I think I've got two episodes of She-Hulk and four episodes of Andor to catch up on. Like this is ridiculous. Like it's piling up. Slacker. <laughs> I know. Well, so, go ahead, call me Slacker. Have you watched Miss Marvel yet? So, anyways, what are we talking have about? Have you watched Have you watched She-Hulk yet? Uh, Marvel versus DC, I believe, is the topic. Uh, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is how Tim and finishes the Week in Geek, slithering out the back door. And that, my friends, is the Week in Geek. Thank you, Uncle Todd, for that wonderful story. All right. Well, I'll let it slide this time. So we're going to talk about Marvel versus DC, the cinematic universe clash of the Titans uh, or, well, clash of a Titan and, uh, you know, a dwarf with a broken sword. Uh, so let's just kind of frame this in a little tale of the tape fashion here. Uh, Marvel, their cinematic universe has been 29 movies, over mm. two dozen movies to date the next movie up is uh of course wakanda forever uh, coming up on november 11th dc uh the extended universe because of course they had their tv universe which was completely separate so they had to come up with something else now it's the dc extended universe which is lame uh is 11 movies beginning uh, with man of steel officially and uh, marvels of course began with iron man just for the record and uh, their next movie up is Black Adam, which is premiering uh, at the end of October, October 21st. Uh, Marvel, the MCU, has grossed $27.4 billion worldwide. That is Good billion Lord. with a B. DC has grossed a little bit less of uh, $5.8 billion worldwide. 22 off the pace. <laughs> now, now, of course, keep that in mind. That's less movies. That's less than half. 
it's almost it's almost a third of of what Marvel has put out. So let's not hold that against. So let's go down to it. Let's break this down uh, to an average. OK, and now maybe we'll get a little bit closer there. So Marvel's per movie average is nine hundred and forty four million dollars per movie. The highest gross they have had on a single movie. Of course, Avengers Endgame, which was two point seven nine eight billion dollars worldwide. That's crazy. DC, well, their average is uh, $527 million per movie, uh, just about half. And uh, their highest grossing movie was Aquaman, which was uh, which grossed $1.5 billion. Again, about, uh, well, actually, yeah, just about half of what, of what uh, Endgame uh, grossed. So, which surprises yeah. me because I thought Wonder Woman was the best per, you know highest performing of no of the ones they put out interesting no a lot of people they they wanted to see them, them some uh jason momoa uh some some wet jason momoa Let's that's what they wanted all droga is what they wanted yeah. to see okay well whoever that may, Game is of that Thrones. from your dragon show okay yeah that's from your <laughs> dungeons and dragons uh show there okay come on um, so so what's been of course all of this coming about because the the new head of uh Warner, the CEO now, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Pardon me. And what's this chucklehead's name? Uh, let me look it up uh, here. The real chucklehead quick. is David Sazlov. Ah, uh, yes, sounds like a villain already. So, <laughs> uh, Davy Boy here came out and said, "Mr. We Bond, got a plan. <laughs> we got a plan. It's a ten-year plan." And um, it's interesting because there was this old story of um, I forget. I forget the actual. Um, maybe it was. I can't remember. It was a. It was a general manager for the New England Patriots way back in the seventies, early eighties. Uh, back the dark when ages. they were. Oh yeah, when they were the doormat, and um, and the the GM comes in and he he's talking about he had just fired the coach and he says I've just fired the head coach. Uh, we're going to have you know we're we're now going to be making good decisions. We're going to be moving forward. This is a new era of stability, and we are we're going to be moving forward and, and making great progress. And then, like a week and a half later, Billy Sullivan, the owner of the Patriots, meets with the team and says, "I've just fired the general manager. This we're we're going to be changing things up. It's going to be a new era of stability, and we're moving forward, making progress." And it's like. Last boss, same as the old new boss, same as the old boss, you know, same sort of thing. So progress is his middle name. <laughs> yeah. So the, the funny thing in here is that it much uh, it almost implies that there wasn't a plan uh, up until now, but there has been. And then we've we've heard several times about different plans. And what I think is very interesting, and you pointed this out before we we, uh, we started this, because I said, hey, uh, man, they call Tim. Do you want to explain what their 10 year plan is? And you said, uh, if I'm reading the article right, it's an announcement that they have a 10 year plan, but they don't really talk about any details of the plan itself. It's just we have one. It's kind of hey, like exactly. It's kind of <laughs> like the guy who it's the episode of The Simpsons way back in the day when the guy comes to, to Springfield and says, you need a monorail. But yes. well, why do we oh need a monorail? I don't is. know. Every town has a monorail. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It is. It's a freaking. It is the mar. It is a cinematic universe monorail. <laughs> Which actually, we need to come up with something different because that abbreviation is not going to be good. So let's. <laughs> 
It's the universe. Oh. It's the uh, universe cinematic monorail. Oh. Yes, UCM. That'll work. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Monorail. Stumbled right into that one. Anyways. Um, oh boy. So yeah, there's a there is a plan. They're just not sharing what that is. And what's really interesting to me is basically uh, we're the plan seems to be like this. We're gonna focus on our on our top properties, and we're gonna. Uh, we're going to make the movies that we've already made and are kind of in progress of making. And then maybe we'll sequelize the ones that are popular. I'm like, that's the plan. <laughs> you guys are in worse shape than I thought. Like that's, that's just business 101. Like, holy crap. Is, if this is, is the level we're at, is, how come I didn't get a call to be head of Warner brothers discovery? Is I could have done this. Is, is, is Zaslav here? Is he, is he like a descendant of John Madden here? Because it seems to be that level of thinking, you know, it's like, you see, Pat, you know, we're going to take our big, no, stars. no, 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 no. See, the thing is, don't be smirched the good name of John Madden <laughs> in, in tying it with this chucklehead. Don't, <laughs> don't tie him up with Davy boy. Okay. No, 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 no. All this right, is John. This is this is this is more like me and you playing Madden after a couple of Mickey's fine malt liquors. Okay, that's All the right. level All of right. this thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Madden, Madden is like Einstein compared to Davy Boy. All right. Um, All right. So it's very interesting. Uh, they canceled one movie and not just canceled it, like absolutely trash canned it in post. Like the money was spent, and yeah, that, they canceled. That was weird. That was weird. And what it kind of comes down to, what everyone has basically said, at least from what I've picked up on it, is that it's it's a write off, and and movies and 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 the thing is, studios have done this since the day before forever. Um, you know, a, a movie is was was uh, greenlit and was under the guidance of the previous head of the studio, and mm-hmm. that guy gets fired, and the next guy comes in, and that movie is about ready to be released, and they just bury it. They release it, but they bury it. They put yeah. it on like twenty screens and go, ah, it sucks. Never mind. Yeah. And just write it off because Hollywood accounting is already so shady. Can I throw something like in real quick? One more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and 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 this is a total just being on brand and completely off perpendicular from where you are right now. But when you said mm-hmm. write off, I'll I'll send you the link for it. But if anyone is a fan of Shit's Creek and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that. Yeah. Okay, okay. So so you've seen the clip about I, the write off? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, Eugene Levy at his finest, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to say that. Sorry, go go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt just on that part, but it, when you said write off, it just went right to that scene, and I'm <laughs> and I crack up every time because Eugene Levy, finest. Yeah, but I mean, Batgirl got canceled, and yep. it was never supposed yep. to be. And the, and the the reason they said, oh well, it's not big, and we don't feel it's big enough to be a theatrical release, and it's not profitable to stand up on the street. What, what do you mean it's not profitable? You've already spent all the money on it. Like you shot it, you've edited it. It's in post. It's like 90% of the money at this point, I have to imagine, has been spent. Yeah. And not only that, but you've you you spent money on Michael Keaton coming back. Michael Keaton had scenes in this movie. Jeez. And wow. they're just like, nope, and no one will ever see it. Not not like, well, oh, well, we're just going to finish it and put it on HBO Max, which was the plan anyways. Just, nope, it's going in the vault. Wow. Awful. Okay. Just awful. Um, I get. I hope that's one hell of a write off. Yeah. I guess, but it seems to me like you're you need stuff to play with here. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. but you're you're desperately looking for something that people can feel good about, 
and you're not, I, I, I don't get that one. But so right now, currently in the hopper, uh, DC has Black Adam uh, coming out October 21st. Uh, then we get uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods, Shazam 2 coming out in December uh, December 21st this year. I can't take that title seriously. Yeah. Uh, I never watched the first Shazam. It just, it didn't, it did I mean, not I've do anything Shazam, to make me want but, to. But I think this is the problem with DC. It's like, it's hard for me to take a title that's Shazam Fury of the Gods. Just doesn't yeah. go together. Well, the thing is, like, it's a it's a character name, and I, I get know. it. Like, that's that's I the know. thing, but I just never, I never had any. And that's part of the problem. Like, I've just not had a, much of a an an, an, ink, an inkling to watch many of the DC movies, yeah. either because of marketing, because of the shady shady special effects, uh, the fact they gave away the entire movie in the trailer, whatever it is. But they just have not managed to pull me in. And I'm a dude who he, I love me a popcorn movie. I love me some comic book movies but ugh, you know just yeah, yeah. not getting me here uh then after that we have aquaman and the lost kingdom and uh right here is where we enter into the the movies with troubled stars section of their oh, schedule geez. it's rather interesting uh so uh, aquaman and the lost kingdom uh will be coming out in uh, march 17th of 2023 with or without amber heard at this point who knows what's how how much her uh, part has been pared down at that point. <laughs> and then supposedly uh, the flash is still on, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. For uh, June of 2023. Um, I don't know. Can at I this jump point, in for what, a minute? I'm not sure what Ezra Miller has to do at this point for that movie to get shelved, whether it's, you know, <laughs> he has to hijack a plane to Cuba, um, basically appear on Jimmy Fallon naked. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is. How much Go more ahead, of an insult, though, to the poor. And, and I hate to say it this way, but the 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 gal who is the actress, you know, the lead for for Batgirl, right? Mm-hmm. How much more of 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 a slap in the face is it when you have the Flash still going on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? This like, guy, like this guy has, has turned into egg. a complete just off the rocker sort of situation, and. And oh yeah, I I I can't make heads or tails of it. I I just I really don't understand it. I, I feel like they've done. They 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 made a an awful choice in in nixing that movie and and did themselves more damage that way long term, than if they had just put it out, let it you know if it bombed it bombed, but if it did you know if it was well, middling, it wouldn't even bomb, dude. It was it was going to be on streaming. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and and. Because very few people even share or very few companies actually share statistics, no one's going to know. Like, right, right. what is the, you know, what is the harm? Again, you're just looking for stuff that m- might make people feel good about your product overall. Anything that will make people feel good. Like you have, you have just exhausted all of, all of yeah. your, your, your capital on this and you just shelve that, but yet you're going to keep the flash. And they've already in, in all the articles I've seen, they've basically said all but said, like, there is no way after this movie that Ezra Miller is coming back as the Flash. Like, it's going to be recast after this. Seems like they canceled the wrong movie. <laughs> well, the problem is they've sunk so much movie and the and they were going to use yeah. this movie as a pivot point to launch into, you know, like this whole Flashpoint storyline. They were going to use this as a way to to flesh out their you know, the universe. And the problem is like, man, you hitched your wagon to the wrong cat here. Yep. 
that's a bad idea. Like, you know, I, I don't know who did any kind of due diligence on this guy beforehand. Maybe he just lost his marbles and, and, and became this person over the last couple of years, but I doubt it. Yeah. I kind of tend to think this guy might've exhibited some signs of this before. <laughs> right. But right. Hey, you know, we're already making mistakes left, right, and center. What's another one. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, yeah, the flash, uh, June, 2023, unless, uh, I don't know, maybe Ezra Miller decides to, you know, do, uh, do a billboard campaign in favor of cocaine. I don't know what, what would, I'm not sure. Like cocaine, it's good for you. Ezra Miller. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure at this point what, what you could do. Uh, what level to, of crazy that yeah he can go to yeah Goodness. um and then we have blue beetle which i know nothing about coming out in i August got no idea what that is i mean I, I i know what the tick is but i have no idea what blue beetle is yeah me neither and uh, i mean hey whatever at this point uh joker to whatever this is Fola adieu, um is coming out in october of 2024 and then what may be uh, these are the ones they're being hinted at man of steel two, wonder woman three aquaman three joker three uh, with a harley quinn lady gaga spinoff um of course that's all like well maybe we'll do these I'm like oh gee go figure uh you're gonna see if your aquaman two doesn't bomb you're gonna make another one of those wow shocker mm-hmm. and then you're gonna do something with two of your bigger characters that you have wow i can't believe that you would do that so uh, it's it's very interesting what their supposed plan is thus far. Um, did you happen to catch in any of the the stuff that you read if they have themselves um, a person to ride herd over all this, or is this going to be uh, Davy Boy himself pulling uh, the strings? Here? My understanding is Davy Boy. Oh, that'll end well. That'll be good. And I'm not talking about oh, okay. Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Not the better Bulldogs, ladies and gentlemen. Man, that roided up freak would have had better luck at at this than uh, (laughs) this Davy Z. I'm telling you, at least he would have understood entertainment. Well, you know, and he brings a dog to the table. I mean, what else? I mean, who doesn't love a dog? Who doesn't love a dog? Here's my issue with with the plan, though. I mean, it's like what we're kind of in uncharted territory because you know, it's not like they're starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not like there's been a period of time where there's been inactivity. Well, the thing is, they aren't starting from scratch and yet they are, which is kind yeah. of how they've, they've treated this thing from the get go. Like they're, they're kind of starting from scratch, but no, we're, we're, I, they can't make up the damn mind. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem I have, and, and, you know, I say this knowing that we're in the multiverse era of Marvel where there could be multiple versions of Doctor Strange or multiple versions of Ant-Man or whatever. But, you know, I, I feel like and maybe I'm wrong for saying this because maybe this is where they need to start off. But it's like I think part of their problem is they they just don't have an anchor. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a, a central point that is kind of the heart and soul of the franchise. And I think that is something that, you know, whether it was by luck or by design, you know, Marvel ended up with in, in, you know, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to drive what was the first, you know, three phases. Um, they, they haven't had that knock it out of the park kind of, you know, like, like man of steel, which was Superman, you know, one essentially for, for what is, you know, Superman now, 
well, did, it was, did well. It was but, kind of like Superman one and two because you got the Zod yeah, thing in yeah, there too. But yeah, yeah. no, I, you're t- I totally get where you're going. But but you know, none of these movies have been like groundbreaking. You know, and 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 no. and you know, not that you know, watching back Iron Man now. It, it it has a vibe to it and it has a certain connection for me that, that I'll always have, you know, when I watch it and that sort of thing. But, you, you know, but when it came out, it was just so different and it was so stylistic and it was so, you know, what people weren't expecting for a, a essentially what was a, a B level, you know, superhero. And, and it just kind of really, you know, just, just open everyone's eyes. And, and a lot of it is attributed, you know, has to be attributed to Robert Downey Jr. And, and mm. what he brought to the character and how he made that character his own and, and, you know, and, and just became kind of that, that heart and soul of the franchise. And, and with DC, I think right now they, they just have an identity crisis. They, they don't know who their central like anchor points are and they don't consistently tell strong stories and so, you know, you, you have a great Aquaman or you have a great Wonder Woman, but then you get Wonder Woman 2, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and then you get, um, you, you you have Batman and then you go into Batman v Superman. And I can't, I have to be careful and, and, and you know, we all have to be careful because for as much garbage as I read about, you know, or criticism as I read about that movie, at least it was something different they were trying to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like that, you know, I, I tip my hat to them for trying something because, and, and that's what I've, I've always been about, you know, when we've talked about last Jedi and, and, and some of these other movies that have gotten a lot of flack from the fan base. Um, have I watched Batman V Superman? No, I haven't, you know, and, and is it a quality story? I couldn't tell you cause I haven't seen it, but I get the sense it may not be the highest of quality, but they tried something different at least, you know, they, they took a situation of two superheroes. I mean, Batman V Superman is really kind of like, is what civil war was for, for Marvel, right? It it was Captain America versus Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And they did their own thing with it. The problem is, and, and, and I don't know if they're like, it's great to say you have a 10 year plan, but I don't know if they're going to go this route is that they haven't shown that they can tell a multi-layered story that can get people invested in these characters so that you care about things like Batman v Superman. True. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem is like they haven't shown or they have yet to put forth a movie like that. Like, you you know, 30 minutes ago, you and I are, and yeah, I think it was 30 minutes ago, you and I were geeking out about Black Panther. Why is that? Right? Because we saw the first Black Panther and it was this deep movie that wasn't just about the superhero, but it was about a lot of things around the superhero around, you know, mm-hmm. themes of race and themes of, of family, of, of family lineage, and, and, of, and, yeah. and, you know, tradition and things like that. And it just brought a lot of these things together and things we can all relate to. And mm-hmm. they don't do that for some reason in DC, you know, e- either it's a writing issue or it's a directing issue or a production oh, no, no, issue. No, 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 it's it's top. So here's the here's my big problem with the ten year plan. They haven't exhibited the fact that they can get through a one year plan. Well, fair like enough. everything that they do is is trying to microwave what Marvel has done. Right. The reason why the 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 characters aren't compelling is because they're rushing to get there. They're not taking the time to actually build the character. They're just expecting it's Superman. You're going to care. It's Batman. You're going to care. It's Wonder Woman. You're going to care. 
no, I don't actually. I don't have to care about them because you haven't taken the time to actually give me a reason to actually care about this character as a as a as a person, as an entity. Mm-hmm. Aside from, you know, the superhero, which is fine. Like you're but you're not you have to care a little bit about the alter identity. And that's what Marvel has done. The reason why Black Panther worked well is you already seen Black Panther. You saw you got a little bit of Black Panther in Civil War. And even in that, you got you they gave him enough to enough action, enough screen time for you to start caring about the character. You started learning about who that character is and you started to understand what was important to that character. Batman v Superman was not a good movie. It was it was a it's a great idea. And right, it was a, right. and apparently, you know, I was always more of a Marvel kid collecting comics, but apparently in DC, like that run of, of, you know, that series or that book, I, I can't remember if it was a, a graphic novel or if it was a series of books or whatever, but, uh, apparently that storyline in the, in the books was great. Now the problem is in the way that DC does everything, they wanted it now because they're, they are a bunch of Veruca salts over there. They want it and they want it now. Daddy, yep. get it for me now. Right. I don't want to wait. I want to have my Avengers now. And the problem is you're introducing a new Batman. This is the, that is the first DCEU appearance of Batman. That's the thing. Like you had not introduced Batman up until that point. Christopher Nolan Batmans didn't exist because, well, quite frankly, DC and Warner Brothers are stupid. Period. The end. They are stupid. Unless there was something legally binding where they could not tie to that, that they had given Nolan their word and it was in writing and and like written down in blood somewhere, they are absolutely moronic that they did not tie into what was an incredibly and you know fan and critically acclaimed series and made all the money. Yeah, and they didn't tie into it. Even if you're going to tangentially or even if you recast it or, or you try and tie any. No, we're starting over completely. OK, great idea. Yeah. OK, so you're not going to have it. You have one standalone uh, Superman movie. So at least you get an idea of who Superman is. And I think that I think Man of Steel was a was a perfectly good Superman movie. It was probably better than Superman Returns. Definitely better than Superman 4. Um, and, uh, you know, it was right up there with you know, probably Superman two, Superman three. It doesn't, it's not the first one because you just can't, you know, that was the first Superman that you just can't beat that. You don't have Batman. So you're trying to introduce Batman. So you're setting up one of those characters in that movie. You're still learning about Superman and you throw him into the, it should have been two movies, but they wanted it now. Right. The same with justice league. They wanted to go right to justice league Marvel waited several movies to set up Avengers. They couldn't wait. And as a, as a result, you kind of got half at, you got a, you got an intro for, uh, for Superman, of course. And then you got an intro for Wonder Woman. You got a half-assed intro for Batman in Batman V Superman. And then you got half-assed intros for the flash and for cyborg because, you know, they just got short shrift cause they got tossed in. And then you get a guy who comes in and, and messes with the whole thing anyways, but they just can't wait. So I have zero faith that this 10-year plan, whatever it is, even though they don't announce what it is, is going to be any different than what they've done. They want it now. They want it all done now. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings us to the point of like, okay, so 
how is Marvel? Surely Marvel must have had this great blueprint and this great plan uh, and ex- execute it right down the line, uh, which uh, is funny because they didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a yeah. plan. But as it as we turned out, it was it was more of a guideline, if anything. Yes. Um, uh, and this kind of goes to one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And what that means to me is that you can have your plan, but if you can't stay calm when stuff starts to go wrong or doesn't start going according to plan and stay calm enough to then know, okay, do we stay the course or now do we start improvising? And if we're going to improvise, how do we do it in a logical and calm manner instead of just throwing crap at the wall? That's the difference between Marvel and DC. And the big difference is Feige, mm-hmm. period, the end. Because you, what you need is you need someone who has a steady hand on the wheel. They aren't emotionally and artistically involved in every single thing, which was, the, was DC's biggest blunder in handing it over to, to Zack Snyder. Not that Zack Snyder isn't a, a great visual guy or that he can't produce a decent movie or anything like that. But you're, you're giving him movies and you're giving him that creative control over the whole thing. It's too much, and he's going to be too involved in it, and it it showed. Yeah, and and, and probably, I mean, Damner probably made the guy's brain snap trying to deal with like Warner Brothers, like no, 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 constantly on. I mean, good lord, just I would unplug my phone at that point. Um, but you need someone who isn't involved in everything, and that they can balance that big and little picture. And so, you know, when the there was this uh, story of the new England Patriots when they, when Bill Belichick took over and they started writing out like, okay, what's our ideal, you know, quarterback, what's our ideal receiver, what's this and that. And the description they wrote pretty much matched Tom Brady to Mm. a T it's the same as basically that sort of thing is what Feige does. And as far as we know, there's no clones of him roaming around. So unless you find another person who can, who can kind of manage all of that and has the appreciation and can kind of balance all of those things. It's a very unique skill set. Cause yeah. I mean, when they first started planning, they, they did not follow the plan. There was a lot of things that twists and turns. And I'll link this article in the, in the show notes about how things had changed and what the Avengers were kind of supposed to look like and how it was supposed to come together. And they adapted and they improvised and they, they managed to kind of piece it together, which when we were talking about, Battlestar Galactica, uh, you know, in, in some of our epic shows and talking about how, wow, this is an amazing thing. And you listen to to Ron Moore and he's like, yeah, we didn't we didn't know that when we originally wrote it. We just figured, OK, that's a cool thing. And then later they picked it up, you know, or they figured it out as they went along. And that's it's remarkable how that can happen. But it does is just how well you manage to do that. And D.C. has done an absolute crap job at it. <laughs> to say the least, whereas Marvel has kind of rolled with the punches and been a little more calm and even handed. Like they would have canceled Thor outright after, after Thor two, even though, I mean, it's not as, as low grossing as everybody you know says and all that, but it wasn't a great movie, but they wouldn't be like, Oh, ditch Thor. We got to get rid of him. And instead Marvel was like, okay, well let's try a few different things with them. And then the character has evolved. And yeah. now, I mean, one of the more popular characters. I mean, Love and Thunder, eh, not exactly an artistic achievement, but it was still a good flick, I think. Yeah. You know, so I mean, 
you've got to balance all those things. You've got to be able to, to improvise. So until they demonstrate they can actually do that, and the fact is I, I don't think that they can because they can't figure out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like they've got all this, they are very much just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what'll stick. And to me, that's just going to, it's going to lead to more of the same. Well, and, and, you know, you know, again, I, I think part of it is a writing issue. I think they, you know, Marvel has, there's been a few times and, and we've talked about this when, you know, we feel like Marvel's coming up to a inflection point with its creativity. And, and I remember distinctly guardians of the galaxy being one of those for me, like watching the trailer and being like, okay, this looks like a completely off the wall sort of thing from what I'm used to from Marvel. And I don't think I'm going to like it. And then I watch it and it's like, you know, you, you just can't help but, but fall in love with it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, a great story and it's, lighthearted and it's a very different feel and texture than Iron Man or Captain America or Thor or, uh, or Black Panther or Ant-Man, you know what I mean? Like it just, it has its own rhythm and same with Ant-Man. Ant-Man is very different from any of the other, you know, Marvel origin stories because Mm -hmm. it's so comedy driven, you know, and it's so, Mm -hmm. you know, very lighthearted and slapstick and very just kind of in its own place where, you know, the seriousness of what's going on is, is, you know, there, there's a plot that's there, but it's not, the seriousness isn't driving it all the time, you know? And like, I look at Batman v Superman and just watching the trailer again, haven't watched the movie, probably shouldn't make a comment about it, but I'll say this. When I watched the trailer, I got the same sort of dark brooding Batman vibe from that trailer as I did from like, you know, the Batman movies. And to me, it's like, maybe what DC's issue is, is they don't know how to play in different thematic zones with some of these characters. I mean, maybe Shazam is more of a, more like an Ant-Man because it's like a lighthearted sort of comedy thing. I don't know. I, I really haven't watched it. I have no idea, but I think that's part of their problem is how do you get people to care about some of these characters and want to go see them in theaters and want to kind of invest themselves. It's, it's like, you've got to tell a good story and start building some trust so that people feel motivated to go see the next one. You know, I, I went and saw guardians of the galaxy because I had seen captain America and iron man and, you know, Thor and said, okay, I'll give this a chance because they've been able to tell some really, you know, compelling stories and some interesting origin stories, you know, in the past. And that's the problem is I think what, rather than announce a 10 year plan, I think what Zaslav needs to do is just say, look, we're going to open up with some origin stories and we're going to see how those perform. And if they perform well, well, we'll continue down the path of, of the overall, you know, universal storytelling that we're going to do. But well, if they can't so, nail those origin stories, forget it. Well, the problem is you're already you're the 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 horse already out of the barn on that. They've already they've already done origin stories. You've done your bat. You've done well, your your you've done sure. your Superman. You've done your Wonder Woman. You've done your Aquaman origin. We're gonna. I mean, you've kind of gotten a Flash ish origin. Um, you know, you've got the origin stories there, and you're kind of stuck with that now. And and I just I agree and I disagree when you say it's the writing. I agree the writing the writing in these has not been great. 
However, that goes back to who's the person in charge, because yeah. it's like going back to when when people talked about, uh, you know, Rian Johnson and the the last Jedi, like, oh, he took things off the rails and blah, blah. It was like they're acting like he had complete, you know, carte blanche and no one was checking in on him like he's off on his own little, you know, his own little compound somewhere making the movie and that Pat, you know, uh, uh, what's her face? Kathy Kennedy never saw a thing until the premiere. Like, no, there's people signing off on this stuff. Like, you can go ahead and try and pass the buck, but anyone who, who has half a brain understands. Like, no, JJ and Kat and Kathy knew what was going on, and then you know things went sideways. And well, we need a scapegoat. Same thing here. Like, yeah, the writing isn't good, but somebody's signing off on these scripts. And at a certain point, like the writers are giving them what are, what is being asked for. Like the writers just don't get to say, well, this is the script. Take it or leave it. It's like, no, we here's your notes. Go and write this. And they might be gritting their teeth, but they're also thinking, I'd really like to eat. So I'm going to get this. I'm going to do what I have to do to get the check. You know, so I kind of think it sucks, but OK. And yeah. I've run into that as a as a graphic designer. Sometimes you do a project for someone and you're like, oh, boy, this is going to look terrible. But hey, as long as the check clears. <laughs> Right. As long as you're right. happy, you know, I mean, and, and I'm sure you've run across it, too, where a client will ask you for something. You're like, I think that is really dumb, but OK, <laughs> you go. You're, you're yep. paying the bills, man. You go. Yeah. Right. Whatever. You know. So that's a th to me like the weakness. It starts right at the top. Everything that is below that, you can just it keeps going back up like, OK, what? Well, who signed off? And oh, they, yep. The person at the top. And the reason why it was so dark is, I mean, partly at the very beginning, Zack Snyder, that's just who that cat is. Like if you watch any of his movies, you you know, okay, we're and and it could work. That could totally work if he was not directing the movies and he's just guiding and visual style. I think that could have actually been incredibly good if DC was just like, you know what? No, we're going, we're going to some dark places. We are going to really get gritty and we're going to do something totally different than what Marvel's doing. I think that would have been really interesting. The thing, the thing is, they backed into it, and then it scared them, and then they just, they just panicked. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and but I also think too, the dark doesn't necessarily always mean good. You know, I mean, I no, I, no, I get it's, it's totally, edgier. You, I get it's, you know, it it maybe impacts people a certain way, but I I really feel like at the end of the day, they they failed at telling compelling character stories around these, these anchor, you know, kind of these foundational mm -hmm. characters that are meant to be, you know, really the justice league and, and, and to do it in a way where I actually care about seeing them get together. Like, you know, like when we would go to the Avengers movies, I mean, you know, me and my boys were, were super excited about those movies. Like what were they going to do and what was the story mm -hmm. going to be and how are they going to, you know, do, overcome whatever, you know I mean? Like we were, I mean, going to see infinity war and Endgame were like, you know, the high points for us because of the fact oh, that yeah. that was, that was the, the, you know, infinity war was the, the part one of the big payoff and Endgame was the payoff. And, and it was one of those things where it's like, man, I just, I cannot wait to see this. And they've got to be able to get to a place with that. But, you know, unfortunately, like you said, I mean, I think the ship has sailed. I think, stories have been told there's going to be, you know, the, you know, like wonder woman, for example, right? Like how, how do you start over with that right now? You, you know, you can't, yeah. you have to, you have to give it 10 years and then try to start doing something that's completely disconnected from what was done before. And, 
you know, they, they, they kind of, I mean, I hate to say it in a lot of ways. I think DC just kind of blew it. You know I mean? I, totally. I think totally they can certainly wait some period of time. If anything, if the 10 year plan is just to wait 10 years and start, maybe that's the thing to do. You know what I mean? Cause then at least, you know, a lot of what Marvel's done will be kind of in the rear view mirror and they can try to start and doing something different. But, but even still, I mean, if you get into kind of like, like a, a fantasy booking sort of situation, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, part of me struggles a little bit with what could they come up with that would separate them from Marvel, you know, in terms of, of the, the sort of, you know, stakes that were set with, with a Thanos storyline, you know, I mean, Thanos was such a great storyline and character because it was, it, it wasn't just about the universe, like collapsing upon itself. It was about a villain who had some very valid thoughts in a way that were very misdirected. Mm -hmm. You know, someone saying, how are we going to feed and support and, and, and continue to grow life in the way that we're growing when there's a finite amount of resources? That's a fair question mm -hmm. to ask. That, that's not a madman. That's a fair question yep. to ask. The madman is, well, I'm just going to go kill everyone you know, or yeah. kill half the people. That's when the madman comes into play. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's where he was like, uh, uh, uh beg your pardon. You, you, right. You're do what? And, and, and then you get DC where it's like all this, all it is is just a creature that just subjugates life to him. And okay. I kind of get it. But at the same time, it's like, but why do I care? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I can connect well, yeah. with Thanos in a way that I can't connect with, I'm forgetting the villain's name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, dark side, dark side. Thank you. Um, and, 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 you know, we talked about this in, in, in our episode about justice league, like the whole thing with anti-life and everything like that, like there's gotta be a way to tell that effectively, but the way they, that it, it was done, even in the Snyder cut that happened was just so like, why do I care? I, I don't even understand yeah. this. Like well, because no you don't care about the characters, so it's like, well, if this person dies, who cares? Right. I, I don't. Right. I don't give a. I don't give a damn. But at least with the Infinity Stones, it's like you get the idea. Like they each possess some form of power. You bring them all together. You are the wielder of power, and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but even that is, it's the stakes and it's the sacrifice. Right. Right. So when you have the sacrifice of, you know, of of black widow when you have the sacrifice of gamora when you have like these are characters that, that mean something and and over the series of again this has taken a long time yeah. you've gotten to know these characters they've become part of like what you what you go to see at the theater every few months right dc didn't bother to do that again they're trying to microwave it they're not giving you a five right. course their meal they're giving you a swanson you know salisbury steak dinner that's you know a little warm on the outside but it's still frozen on the inside mm -hmm. and you know it's it's not good well and and you know you, you mentioned black widow and i think she's an interesting character because we didn't come to care about her or care about her death the way that we did because she was in four first run movies about her Mm -hmm. we came to care about her because she was a bit player in a number of different films and was an Avenger. And, and that's how we always... came to care about her. Like we didn't need four yeah. black widow movies for me to say, Oh my God, this is a big deal. 
But more than that, they all when when they had her there, they were always looking for character moments. Yes, looking for ways to to flesh out the character, and it doesn't take a whole like you're saying it doesn't take a whole movie. No, you can do it in a couple of lines, in a couple of looks, in a couple of scenes. Right. But you have to be intelligent about it. Right. And level headed, and you have to keep track of the pieces on the board. And they didn't have anybody doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's just whatever you but, want to do. That's like when James Gunn was like, "Hey, I can go here and I can do anything." It's like, well, that's right. not exactly a great thing. But it was just just look at AEW, and that was like the big selling point for them. Like, hey, wrestlers can do whatever they want. And now, like a year later, we're like, yeah, maybe that isn't such a great <laughs> idea. Uh, maybe having a few fences and guidelines and guardrails is a good idea. You I'd know, I'm help. just saying. Indeed. You know, um, I'm just thinking. And and you know just to add on to that, I mean not not to continue to harp on the writing thing, but but don't you think that does come down to the writing though? You know what I mean? Like no, it doesn't. It it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It comes well, yes, it comes down to the Feige's writing. He's telling them to add no. Black Widow into Iron Man two. I mean he isn't micromanaging yeah, actually, at that level. No, but there is a bit of that. Like the the director is going to go and have to sign off on, hey, I want to introduce this character, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, and and that and Feige is going to be giving a thumbs up and thumbs down on that or it might be a, ca- a case of like yeah this character is going to make its debut in this movie mm. we're, we're introducing black widow here because i this is kind of what we're looking at down the road both of those can can happen you know like they've there have been stories about yeah you know I saying i want to use this i want to use that yeah but there's no one doing there's like there's it's the flying friggin' dutchman over at dc there's no one making those decisions or whoever is is just making them very badly and very fast mm-hmm. so i can't i can't lay it all on the foot of, at the foot of the writers because ultimately in in terms of a movie a writer is as important as a screenwriter is they also wield very little power in terms of like well, what they can actually leverage unless sure. you are like one of these top tier guys. And quite honestly, none of them are getting hired to write these movies. Like these are all written by, you know, people like who are kind of in this world. This right. is not like your your heavy hitters are not mm-hmm. writing these movies. And that's fine. I'm not saying that they're bad writers. It's just a whole different thing. Well, you and, know, and I, and I just want to be clear. I'm not trying to fault the writers, but I am trying to say that. I feel like there is an element of of the way you storytell, you know, oh, totally. that plays but it, but into that it. Is, and, and I that think is some going of to be that guided falls somehow. to them. But I don't. I, but I agree with you. It's it, they are they are not making all of the decisions. Hundred percent. No. No. Hundred percent. And in some cases, might not even be making all that many. Like they, they it might almost be like, hey, here's what's going to happen. Write it. Like, oh, gee, okay, paint by numbers. All right, hey, how much am I getting paid again? Sweet, perfect. All right. Here you go. Do I really have to put my name on this? Because I got to wonder maybe, who thought Wonder Woman 2 was using a my good pen idea. Name. Well, Patty Jenkins, for one, because she was getting paid a butt ton of money. And the thing is, like, everybody It's like a thinks, weekend at Bernie's sort of take, you know what I mean? Well, well, what was it? Uh, I just reread Mick Foley's biography and uh, autobiography, excuse me, because he did write it. Um, I forget who said it, but uh, someone once told him every match is a good match until it starts. Mm. You know, every movie is a good movie. People are excited about it until you get in the middle of it. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, we are making a train wreck. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when you start hearing things like, oh, well, we'll fix that in post. We'll fix that in post. And eventually everything is going to get fixed in post. And the people in post-production are like, by the way, nothing's getting fixed. Like, I can't, can't shine this turd that much. Yeah. Um, so I do like the idea of fantasy booking uh, because I think I, I think I have a way. I think I have a way. Are you listening, Davey? Are you listening? Speaketh, Uncle Todd. I've got it. And let the masses hear. As much as I have have uh, taken to task and used this this individual as a punching bag, I figure it's only fair to use one punching bag to fix another punching bag. We are going to go the Goldberg method, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are going to we are going to hitch our way because right now, let's face it. Uh, uh, you know, we're we're assuming that Henry Cavill will want to come back and do more of these movies. I don't know if he has a contract. We're assuming that. Um, Oh my gosh, uh, Wonder Woman actress. Why am I Gal, Gal Gadot? Gadot. Uh, we're assuming that Gal wants to come back and do more. We don't know that. Um, we're assuming that Jason Momoa wants to keep doing these movies. Although I don't know, Jason seems like he's just playing with house money at this point and just could care less. I don't know. <laughs> um, he really thinks he is Aquaman. Like he is living the gimmick, he man. He's Kyle um, Drogo. We know that that Ezra Miller is going bye bye. So. What do we, what do we have? And and we know that um you know so Joker kind of exists in its own little thing, and we know that um uh, uh what's his face guy who plays Joker. Why am I forgetting oh, his name? Uh, Joaquin Pop Phoenix. Rector. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, we know that he probably is not going to want to have anything to do with like he 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 was he was willing to do kind of the art house version of a superhero right, movie, right. and that was about it. Um, and then what else? What do we got? Uh, Lady Gaga. Well, maybe she'll be there. Although I. <laughs> It still pisses me off that we've got now we've got we had we had a, a bunch of jokers and now we've got two Harley Quinns, which are completely unnecessary because Margot Robbie, to me, was so spectacular as, as Harley Quinn. I don't know why you'd want to mm-hmm. muddy the waters, but hey, uh, but no, nobody knows if she wants to come back and do any more of these movies because they kind of they kind of seemed like they wanted to bury that movie, which was, uh, I believe, one of her pet projects. Uh, we know we aren't getting any more Suicide Squad movies. So what are you going to hit your wagon to here? Well, the one thing that they did right is they picked up the phone and they backed a dump truck full of money up to the home of uh, Dwayne Johnson. Because if anybody is going to make you some money, it's, it's Dwayne Johnson. Oh, my gosh. This guy just by I'd be shocked if this movie tanked Black Adam. Um, because, number one, when you get dwayne johnson you get dwayne johnson's uh multimedia social media uh machine behind it and as we know that's good for like 500 million right off the bat mm-hmm. so you got dwayne johnson you got black adam who looks like a legit badass uh antagonist i guess i'm not gonna go full-on villain because i think that eventually he's not gonna be a villain but he's being framed this way yeah so Here's what I think you do. And agree, and again, this is probably going to get shot out of the water by the way they made Black Adam. Um, you go full on Goldberg. Like you just feed Black Adam hero after hero after hero. Like, and you know what? You just, if you have to rewrite the end of the flash where Black Adam just comes in and just like puts his fist right through his, his head and you CGI the fist coming out the back of Ezra Miller's skull. Cause I mean, Quite honestly, there's a lot of people who would like to see that. Not wishing anything bad things in real life on him, but to see his character just get obliterated would be great. Um, like, just you could have him take out Flash outright, just kill Flash, and then it makes sense to recast him. But then you have him defeating everybody else, just movie after movie after movie of just Black Adam just laying waste 
to superheroes to finally get you to a point of another Justice League movie. Then you kind of might get something. However, a long, <laughs> that's a long way to go to to keep Black Adam because let's face it, that Black Adam, if if this movie's success is your only card that you have, because everything else has sucked. So you've got to find a way around that. But that to me, that's that is your tentpole, man. If if Black Adam does some good business, you just set your sights on 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 Dwayne and you say, hey, uh, how do you want how do you feel about being a producer for like all these movies now? Please save us. Please, pretty please save us. You know, that's the only thing I can see right now, because I just can't I just cannot see them undoing or or undoing their bad habits. Yeah, I don't know how to fantasy book this because it's such a mess at this point. They're they're in so deep and you're going to be recasting and you're going to be ha- trying to straighten all this crap out. And do you, oh. do you think that some like I, I'm just going to ask this question because this is a distinction between Marvel and DC a little bit. Do yeah. you think part of their problem is that between like Superman or someone like a Black Adam, um, you know, Aquaman, like because there's so much like gods do you think that is working against them in in kind of that making it relatable or making a grounded story you know what i mean like iron man is a man who is just insanely smart and who comes up with something that enhances his ability to fight and you know deal with villains right um captain america is the beneficiary of a super serum that makes him this superhuman um hulk is a man who gets hit with gamma ray you know what i'm saying like none of them are like born with this or they are yeah but none of those stories are grounded either like none of those are grounded one of the things with whatsoever wait wait wait. so one of the things with iron man though that i think made it great and why connected with people was because it was taking like you know, similar to like Dark Knight or, or you know, the Christian Bale Batman series, it took and made, it basically explained how you could be this sort of superhero in a way that was somewhat grounded. You know what I mean? Like, I well, know yeah, the technology you, you of the Tony. Flaws. What's yeah. that? The character has flaws. Has flaws, but, but I'm saying that it's grounded in technology that could be, you know what I mean? As opposed to saying, like with Black Adam, I am a god. You know what I well, mean? Which is something that I cannot relate to very easily. No, but it's a spectacle. Uh, the, the biggest problem that they have or is, Superman for that matter, I mean, is the fact that they don't spend enough time for you to actually care. Like yeah. they, they turn these characters that are have incredible. They, they made Superman boring. Like, how do you make a man who can fly boring? I know. Like, how do you how do you take a take a character who can, who has all these gadgets and everything and make them boring? Like, mm-hmm. how do you make a dude who talks to fish boring? Like, how in the hell do you manage to do that? Like, because you don't spend any time to actually get into who that person is. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, uh, it's just it's frustrating. And they I don't think that's the case. I think it, it just comes down to they are trying so hard to be Marvel that they are, they're just winding up as the off brand. They are, they are the Hydrox to their Oreo. They are not, and they ain't going to get there. Mm-hmm. That's why I say like, at least if they had embraced like Zack Snyder and been like, yeah, we're going to go gritty. We're going to do this. We're gonna, okay. At least it's different. 
it makes you stand out. It makes you different rather than, hey, we're doing our thing with superheroes too. And then the con- the the comparison is a direct one for one, a direct one for one. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're trying to do the exact same thing Marvel is. That's why I thought Tale of Tape was so interesting. It's like you're trying to do what Marvel is doing, and you are half as successful. I have a thought. It's, it, it's pathetic. I have a thought. You know, but at least if you do your own thing, oh, okay. Well, I don't know if I like this, or I don't know if this is great. But okay, at least it's it's different. Yeah. Your thoughts, sir? I mean, since we're talking fantasy booking, I mean, I think one, maybe one, and this is just off the cuff, but I think one way they could do something somewhat interesting that is that does kind of set up a kind of an overarching arc uh, for for the universe is, um, and and let's just set aside the fact that we have all the background we have right now with Superman and and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and so forth. But as we're talking about how they're all gods and things like that, what I'm wondering is would be an interesting story is if they were to do something where they tell a story about how in the past there were, you know, gods that would fight with one another. And, and the one that was more evil was able to kind of defeat the one that was more good, but the one that was good could subdivide or separate himself out into these different, you know, characteristics, let's say, and in essence, becoming things like Superman or Wonder Woman or Aquaman. Do you think that would be an interesting way to kind of tell those origin stories to kind of bring them, you know, all being kind of from the same being of sorts, but yet having these sort of like, like that to me is the only way that not the only way, but one of the ways that you you could make it somewhat interesting, you know what I mean? Like there, there's some long-term stakes to the whole thing. And of course, you know, there's something about the villain, you know, letting time pass and them kind of manifesting their powers and that sort of thing, but coming together essentially to kind of ultimately face off again. And this time, you know, you know, defeating him. So you want to basically turn the DC universe into Voltron. Okay. I'm, I'm well, good with that. Well, okay. But here's the thing is, is not, I mean, the infinity gauntlet is Voltron as well. Right. Well, I mean, you're subdividing powers essentially into the fact that you put them together and you can be all powerful. Well, I know I was, I'm trying to, I was being cute there, but I mean, it's the, again, but again, I'm trying with their material and I'm realizing how hard this must be for them. Well, I get it. And, and no matter what you're doing, it's something that Marvel's already done or they're currently doing and everything that you're, you're, and it's not that it's bad. It's just that now you're being compared directly to Marvel. Yeah. You got to just get off of that train. And that, but the problem is that ain't going to happen. Just like when you said, oh, well, maybe the 10 year plan is they're just going to let it all sit for 10 years. That ain't going to happen because, you know, Discovery want their, wants their DC <laughs> their money. Their pound of flesh. They, they, they are coming in with their, with their fur coat and, and the big hat and their, their pimp hand is strong and they want their money. They invested in this and they want it and they ain't waiting a decade. Coming in hot. So the thing is, you the best thing that they could do is is go a complete other direction. The movies they've had success with lately are the movies like Joker, like The Batman. Okay, so now okay, maybe do the art house thing. Maybe you're gonna, you know, maybe be the like you're gonna instead of doing uh, all these interconnect, do the graphic novel version of these of these movies. Like give us those. 
and all these standalones or you know maybe like a like say hey this is a it's a trilogy of this storyline and maybe it will involve this but stop pretending it's all going to be connected just ditch that just make some good movies and tell some good stories without the pressure of saying oh well it's all going to come together and no just stop because it's it's being done and it's being done 10 times better than you could than you've done it and can do it because you're just going to be copying so just stop stop playing the game play a different game that's my fantasy booking i guess if the goldberg thing doesn't doesn't work which i think is it's even a crap idea and i came up with it just stop playing the game play a different game that's my advice and another thing what have you got for and another thing uh, well, it's kind of a uh, repeat off of something you've already talked about. Uh, ah, yes. Going back. Uh, but uh, in, in our Apple TV Plus viewing habits, we uh, met my wife and I started watching For All Mankind at the recommendation of Uncle Todd. Good man. And, Good man. Uh, once again, Uncle Todd does not steer us wrong. Uh, this was a solid, solid outing uh, and, and just, just really an enjoyable um three seasons that, that we just kind of blew through, um, really enjoyed, you know, kind of the, the, the different, the, the forking of reality, if you will, the, mm. uh, impact of history. I'm, I'm really happy to see that they didn't do something where it was just, you know, the Russians land on the moon and, you know, a lot of our reality kind of plays out the way it does with them just having landed on the moon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's legitimate, changes to history that happened because of this and they make sense oh yeah like i i love the fact that they basically explain away the fact that ted kennedy does not end up having the scandal of chappaquiddick because he goes back to the capitol to somehow Mm -hmm. you know right the ship of what his brother started with the space program and turns into a one-term president because of that, which leads to Reagan becoming a president in 76 instead of 80 and going all the way through to 84. And then you have Mm -hmm. Gary Hart, who's president. Sorry if I'm spoiling this for everyone, but do go watch the show. It is really well done. It's really about what happens if the space program were to continue in kind of an accelerated pace in, in step with the, the Russians and uh, all kind of fueled by the fact that, that America was not the first to land on the moon. Um, I, I really have enjoyed it. it. It has been really good. I love the fact they jump a decade every season and what they're showing with the characters every season through that process. Um, so overall, just, just, uh, you know, giving my recommendation, but got, you know, have to give credit where credit is due. Uncle Todd was the originator and, uh, he, he did not steer us wrong. This was a quality series. Do check it out for all mankind on Apple TV plus. Yes, indeed. And I, I cannot emphasize this enough. It is a fantastic (laughs) Ronald D. Moore, uh, BSG, uh, reimagining, uh, showrunner and, and just a a, a maestro of, oh. of television and and again building characters great it, stories it is a great stories they just do so good building characters and the num the thing is it's so bingeable because much like Battlestar Galactica it'll end a show mm-hmm. and literally had me standing up from my couch going no no that can't be how you end that yeah I'm like okay well now I'm in for another show yep. because I like you just you can't drop me into that it, like that couldn't have just happened and then you you just get so into it but again it is 
the set is this alternate, you know, history, but it is about the characters and you become really involved and invested in the characters. And it's, yeah. it's just done so well, so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I uh, I had the chance to go see uh, uh, one Henry Rollins, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on his uh, latest uh, speaking tour or his talking show tour, as he likes to call it, um, uh, when he swung through Portland, Maine uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, as as always, fantastic. Angry Hank. Uh, of course, if you don't know who Henry Rollins is, he is the former singer of lead singer of Black Flag the punk band. Uh, he was also the lead singer of Rollins band. Uh, he is a Grammy Award winner for his uh, for his uh, audiobook for his book uh, Get on the Bu- uh, Get on the Get in the Van, and uh, is a prolific writer and traveler. And uh, he is a, a, a storyteller par excellence. And uh, when he came to Portland, he essentially came out, uh, said hello to the crowd, and then just went for like two hours straight. It was amazing, and and this is a man who is now uh, on the other side of sixty, and just uh, you know, just so funny and self deprecating, and yet also so incredibly intelligent, and uh, and just quick, and just oh my gosh, uh, great. However, uh, so f- first recommendation is if if Henry Rollins is coming to your town, get tickets. It is well worth it. You will not regret going to that show. Uh, however, in doing all of the renovational work getting into our new house, I, I was consuming podcasts like you wouldn't believe because I was just painting for eight hours straight. So I needed uh, copious amounts of content caught up in a lot of uh, podcasts that I have list- I've kind of neglected uh, over the past few months. One that I discovered, though, after going to see uh, Henry uh, was uh, the Henry and Heidi podcast, which is very interesting. It's been a couple of years since there's been any new episodes, and it was a bi-monthly podcast it was like every other month one of these would come out very odd but it was it's it's well worth it because essentially it's henry rollins telling stories with his um not assistant the way he puts it is uh, that she is the showrunner for his life uh, heidi may <laughs> and the, these two have worked together for over 20 years and oh my gosh the relationship between these two is is so great is like antagonist it's like one of those great friendships that's also antagonistic and all kinds of inside jokes and just all these things going on. It's so great, but they would just uh, talk about different stories about, from Henry's life and different people. Uh, and they they range from like 30 ish minutes to about 50 minutes, I think for the upper range. Uh, they're very good. They're very like low tech. Like I think the sound effects they're using are literally played on a stereo and they just put a mic in front of that. And then they bring the mic away and it is, it is gloriously kind of low tech. It's wonderful, uh, and it is a is a lot of fun. So if you uh, if you want to find those, you can go. To, you can I'll put a link to henryrollins.com, and there's a whole bunch of them in the right sidebar. However, you can also find them on Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, streaming pretty much everywhere. You'll find them. Uh, and they're not making any more, but if Henry happens to be listening, please, in the name of all that's holy, give us more Henry and Heidi podcasts because they are a hoot. Oh my gosh. I, it was exactly what I needed as I was painting at like 1030 at night, all alone in this house, just like wondering if I was ever going to finish. And and having Henry and, and Heidi uh, just bantering back and forth was exactly what I needed. Nice. So nice. my recommendation to all of you fine folks out there in podcast land. Very nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. 
It's time for us to wrap up this traveling medicine show of a podcast. Didn't we just we, start? As we shilled our snake oil <laughs> to you, now it's time for us to get the hell out of here ahead of wall. We need a yeah. monorail. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I can't believe I didn't connect the dots on that, but you're so right. Oh, it is. Gosh. It is exactly what it is. That oh, is. man. Oh, but anyways, thank you for listening. We do certainly appreciate all of you out there, all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation. Mm-hmm. You are well, well, well appreciated by myself and the man they call Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably by me a little bit more, honestly. You don't know all the stuff that this guy says about you behind your back when the microphones are off. He's, he comes across as nice on this show, but when the microphones are off, okay, he's nicer than I'm, <laughs> I'm the jerk. That's really how it works. I mean... <laughs> I can't. I can't lie to you. I can. I can't. Just can't lie to you, folks. We've known each other for so long. But thank you very much for tuning in. You can find all of our episodes at freerangeedc.com. You can also find us on streaming services everywhere, from Apple Podcasts to Samsung Podcasts, Pod Podcasts, Podcasts to uh, Google Podcasts. All of them in between. And if you have a, if you don't find us, then well. You need to get a better podcast service. That's just how it goes. Uh, we are on the social medias as well. We are on Facebook and Instagram. We were on Twitter, but they're still being jerks and not unlocking our account. So uh, I guess that's become an archive. Yeah, honestly, I haven't harangued them uh, much lately. I was far too busy trying to get moved into my house. Nah. So I'm, I'm probably going to pick that up tomorrow <laughs> now that I have a little bit of breathing room. Shit, I need a new hobby. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can contact Elon Musk and, uh, you know, he has some pull over there. Uh, but uh, you can follow us on social media. We're on, on Facebook. We're on uh, on Instagram. Both of those are at Free Range EDC. Hey, go ahead and throw us a follow on Twitter. And maybe if we break up over 100, they'll actually do something about us. My name is Kanye West. They'd be all over this. That's all I know. And, and probably rightfully so. Kanye makes him a lot more money than we do. So I, I guess I can understand that. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or you have something that you'd like for us to yammer about and uh, for the words to fly out of our mouth holes and towards the microphone uh, about, you can send those to Tim at freerangeadc.com and he will get right back to you and uh, you might hear us talk about something on the air uh, that you suggested. And in that case, I don't know if you should be proud or just dismayed with yourself that this is what your life has become because quite honestly that's how i feel sometimes but anyways uh right now it's about time for me to turn this over because uh, obviously my brain is starting to dribble out my ear uh so uh, but not before not before i ask the second most important question ever devised and uttered by humankind the first of course being what is hip the second being what the hell did we learn this episode uh we have learned the following my friend I always love it when you have a list. I am a fan of a good list. I do try. Good. Uh, we have learned uh, the man they call Tim. Uh, you know, he's trying to scooter around the oh, greater Chicago God, land no. area, but apparently has having grown ass man on a scooter. <laughs> Get on a bike at least. Pedal, pedal a couple of them <laughs> deviled eggs off, would you? <laughs> Get on your scooter. <laughs> 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 Patrick doesn't ride a scooter. Okay, here's the kicker. I do have a what? bell. I have a bell on Wait this thing. Wait a minute. Thing. I have a bell. Patrick, you got a scooter? <laughs> Get out. No, I'm serious. Get out. Where the... Son of a bitch. He just rode the scooter right out in the hallway. <laughs> How long is his internship, by the way? I don't know. He's. I'm still not paying him, so... Perpetual. 
He's now he is set up in the. You remember how I told you like we I had him set up in the in the closet because he, he got booted out of his apartment. Mm -hmm. he, he's like Harry Potter in there now. He's living <laughs> under the stairs. He's got it. He's got a hot plate in there. I mean, he's <laughs> he's living large. Like I don't think we're ever like if we ever move the the headquarters out of this office space. Mm -hmm. I think the next people are going to have to inherit Patrick. Oh, I don't think he's Lord. leaving. He's way too comfy in there. Yeah. He's like a he's like a weevil in a <laughs> I don't know, whatever whatever weevils do. <laughs> weevils do whatever their weevils uh, do. We've also learned that Uncle Todd apparently can use the force with the Apple TV remote and send it flying across the room with just a shake of the wrists. So. Well, if I really had the force, I'd bring it back. I'd, I'd <laughs> Uh, we have learned that the uh, Mandalorian Season 3 and uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever look like solid, solid outings on both fronts, and we are looking forward to it. We are stoked. Uh, there will be a real jabroni for uh, Mandalorian. There will not for Black Panther. Wakanda Forever! Thank you. Uh, we've also learned uh, Marvel knows what they're doing. DC, not so much. No, <laughs> I mean, really? What else is there to say? <laughs> Alex, I'll take the blindingly obvious for 500. <laughs> uh, we've also learned, apparently, you can just say you have a 10-year plan, and that's something that stockholders put faith in, I guess. Well, so. we live in an age where someone's claiming that they can declassify documents just by <laughs> thinking about them, so it all kind of fits when you put it in that context. <laughs> We're right in the grease skids to hell. And you know what? I'm at least enjoying the scenery. Oh. Let me tell you, if you have the right perspective, all this stuff is funny as hell, I'll tell you. We've also learned uh, Uncle Todd correctly is looking at the, the top of the pyramid when it comes to responsibility about these, these franchises. Man, they called him. I don't know. He's hung up on the writing for some reason. I don't know why, but. Davy Zaslav, yes, suspect. Suspect. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you have about $110 in your pocket, I'll take it. <laughs> Retainer. <laughs> and that's the new oh. Batman. That's that's actually, I want a Chucky Batman crossover. <laughs> that's what I want. You know, it is ironic Chucky was Batman. So. <laughs> I would I would love if we could get Batman, if we got Batfleck, but it's it's actually Chucky oh, being Batman, who somehow like Chucky hit the lotto. I hear two and four he, say he decides, you should uh, drop your weapons. No, no, no. Actually, check. The, oh, no, no. Check this out. All right, stop the music. Check this out. What if we get? What if Chucky from Goodwill Hunting? Oh God. Hit the lottery. Yep. And what if he? What if he hit Powerball? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would Chucky do? Chucky would totally become Batman, but he would become like the the shabbiest, most jacked up Batman ever. Like he would have a, have a Batmobile be spray painted black. He'd have a bed sheet as a cape. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see like him and Morgan and and then like Will would come in and be his butler, or, you know, like just just ragging on him Actually, the whole time. Will would be the brains behind the entire operation. Well, that is Alfred. That is Alfred, oh, kind of. God. I mean, I. Oh man! Now somebody get Davy on the phone. I've got an idea, <laughs> and you know what? It's better than anything they've come up with. 
All right, hit the music. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. All right, I got to wrap this up. Good God. Uh, I got a million ideas. I mean, do. they're all horrible, but they're <laughs> you coming. Do. You do. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, want to thank you for putting us uh, well over 4,100 uh, downloads on the Podbean. We appreciate it. Uh, especially yes, uh, appreciate the... Uh, the 36 download uh, performance of our tombstone episode uh much above and beyond what we were expecting and uh we we very much appreciate it uh the the tom cruise top gun episode is still uh pulling in a few here and there so you know at least we have that that. xenu xenu alien powers man (laughs) telling you Well, all that being said, uh, as we like... Oh, to- by the way, the, the Tom Cruise content for the week. Uh, Tom took a walk this this week. That's at least good for uh, 2.5 downloads. <laughs> stubbed his toe. That's your Tom Cruise <laughs> moment of the week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, we thank you very much again. And uh, as we like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, well... The man they call Tim just got himself a scooter and needs to save a few shekels. Would you please hit the lights on the way out? That's right. I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Next time I say I'm in a hurry, cycle the damn earlock faster. Is this your first day? Doctor, thank the gods you're here. The president needs your help. Move. Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I'm your huckleberry. That actually would be really good. So, so Chucky is is Batman, <laughs> and Morgan is is Robin. Is Rob- and he oh, makes that, that. Yeah, there you go. He makes Morgan ride a scooter. That there would be like right next to the Batmobile. You're on a roll. You're on a roll, oh, my friend. Tell me you wouldn't watch that movie. I would movie. watch that. That would be hysterical. I would watch the spit out of that movie. Maybe, I'm telling maybe you right this now. Is the thing. They need to turn Batman into more of a comedy character than a dark, brooding, you know, depressed individual. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Chucky wasn't anything. Chucky was pretty depressed, I think. Well, Chucky was wise. Really? He told, really? He told he told Will that he should leave. Okay, fine. Yeah, we had we had that one moment of clarity when I think he was sober. Okay, fine. We'll give him that. <laughs> no, I think he was drinking a beer when he told him that. So. Actually, you are true. It was. <laughs> now get the hell out of here.